We've seen the empty shelves in grocery stores as panic buying shocks the distribution system. Now, this is an anomaly, according to the retail industry, because this system is designed to bring consumers the freshest product possible. But for those in the industries, how safe is it? Hello and welcome to the Unpublished Cafe. I'm Ed Hand. Once again, we're recording in a remote location and practicing physical distancing to protect us. When the COVID-19 pandemic arrived in Canada, it was met with long lineups, no six-foot separation as we now see in stores, and lots of bare shelves. Those pictures were enough to fuel a panic-buying frenzy. And that's somewhat dissipated with the retail and food industry soothing Canadians that there is ample supply for everyone. Coming up on the Unpublished Cafe, we take a look at the supply chain in Canada and see if there's any gaps in safety. While all but essential services are closed, which means most eateries and restaurants, some are trying to stay afloat by offering delivery and takeout, and that brings more questions about food safety. As mentioned, farmers will start planting shortly for the upcoming season. Traditionally, they hire tens of thousands of foreign workers through that season, and we'll find out more about how the industry and the government plan to deal with that. There have been some conflicting messages recently as the retail sector maintains. We do have enough capacity, while other groups worry that farmers and farming are not considered an essential service to keep providing food for Canadians. Now, joining us to discuss supply issues, I am pleased to be joined by Sylvain Charlebois, professor in the School of Public Administration, the School of Information Management, Resource and Environmental Studies, Rose School of Business, and the Department of Business and Social Sciences at Dalhousie University. And first on, Sylvain, do you feel the supply chain is robust enough in Canada to handle the demand. Well, yeah, absolutely. And uh, I think the evidence is pretty strong. Uh, we have to appreciate the, the pressure uh, food distribution, the, our food distribution systems um, are under just because of, of this context. So first of all, uh, you do have uh, different expectations coming from consumers visiting grocery stores. Yeah, they, yeah, they have to hire clean, clean, and clean, and making the place uh, as safe as possible. Secondly, of course, there's this, uh, this um, movement towards uh, online shopping. Uh, in fact, we, I was just looking at a um, report yesterday coming from the U.S. comparing Canadians with, uh, with the Americans, and since May 3rd, uh, 18% more Canadians are shopping uh, online for food. 18% is, is a lot. And so the grocers weren't necessarily ready for that push. And thirdly, and I think this is the most important thing that hasn't really been emphasized all that much since the beginning of the crisis, is that the food service industry is really non-existent now other than takeout and delivery. And that's $90 billion worth of business. That's a lot of food. That's all being transferred from one sector to another. Uh, food retailing. So that pressure is real. And that's probably why a lot of people saw empty shelves in store merchandising has been an issue. But overall, I mean, there's, uh, there's plenty of food for Canadians uh, moving forward. What ensures food is safe for consumers going from farm to store shelf? Of course, you have, uh, yeah, I mean, from production, you have harvest. And frankly, over the last couple of years, uh, Mother Nature has been good, uh, other than perhaps some, uh, some early frost issues and, uh, and some flooding, uh, particularly in, uh, in the prairies. All in all, most commodities haven't been affected by major weather-related um, events. So we so on the production side we do have a lot of commodities and and that's why 
prices have been flat. <laughs> if you look at futures, they've been flat. In fact, actually, since COVID started, uh, you can see that really um, the most commodities have gone up a little bit, but not that much. So in processing, of course, we don't process enough in Canada, but there is a lot of processing going on in North America. And if we keep um, the border or borders open, then, of course, I don't think that that's going to be an issue because we do have a, a very open economy. And in retail, um, there's lots of uh, different retailers that invested heavily on logistics. We hear of the issues. We see pictures of problems uh, at retail, but we don't necessarily see pictures um, of, uh, of retailers doing very well. And you can tell that a lot of retailers have invested heavily on logistics in recent years and it's paying off. You know, when we talk about food safety, I'm, I'm wondering about, you know, the, the person who has got to go to the grocery store to pick up something, how do they know that that is safe, whether it be fresh produce or, or a bag of flour? Well, they they don't. That's that's the thing. The the one thing that we're we're seeing in our numbers is that Canadians are realizing uh, over the last couple of weeks that grocery stores are are open systems. Everyone has access. Mm-hmm. You can walk in and out, touch anything and everything, and then and then leave. And and that's that's really the problem that grocers are facing right now. And they need to. Uh, manage perceived risks as much as possible. In terms of precautionary measures you can take as a consumer, of course, you can do, you, you continue to do what you've been doing all along. You wash your produce as much as you can and, and make sure that uh, packaging is not contaminated. But you can see in stores uh, self serving, uh, self serve counters, uh, salad bars, uh, packaging. It's all going to change. And, of course, that's why you're seeing more plexiglass to protect employees. In the last 48 hours alone in this country, uh, at least six grocery stores have to close due to the fact that one employee was diagnosed with COVID-19. So you can see that really uh, the grocery business is under a lot of pressure just given uh, that, uh, well, given that, it is it is a virus and it's spreading quite, quite rapidly and you want to make sure that people are safe. So when you talk about those six grocery stores that had to close because an employee tested positive for COVID-19, does that mean they're closed for good or do they just have to go through a very uh, thorough cleaning and then they're able to reopen? It's, it's closures are temporary. Uh, I mean, you're, you're looking at major stores uh, that, that do sell uh, millions of dollars every year of food. So you, uh, what, ha- what, what usually happens is that they just close the store and, and do a thorough cleaning for several hours and then reopen it. Uh, knowing that the, uh, the virus can survive up to 24 hours on surfaces, typically a store would close for 24 hours and then it reopens again. My, what we're starting to see across the country are, are grocery stores just close to the public and pu- the public consumers are being served outside the store as if you're basically doing click and collect. And that's why I do think that click and collect and uh, online delivery will become more and more popular just because it will take a while. This, this uh, situation is going to take, uh, it's going to last two, three months and, and that's long enough to create new habits. 
Sylvana Charlebois is joining us on the Unpublished Cafe. He's a professor at the Department of Business and Social Sciences at Dalhousie University. As we talk about food safety and the food supply chain in Canada. Now, we, you talked about uh, some commodities being, uh, I guess, prices being flat. You know, what do you see in terms of food prices with Russia and Saudi Arabia in the midst of an oil price war? Well, this is the one story that really hasn't uh, attracted a whole lot of attention, but we're following very closely. Um, If you actually needed your car, which most of us haven't, I mean, we basically are staying home. But if you you needed gas, you realize that you're not paying much for gas anymore. And that's due to the fact that there is a serious oil price war going on, particularly between Saudi Arabia and Russia. Um, the, the, The price of oil is depressed. I mean, it's really, it's gone down significantly. And, um, and that's why our currency has really um, been devaluated a little bit by five or six cents now, uh, uh, compared to two weeks ago. And that's really has affected uh, our importers uh, buying power. So we're going to have to pay more for certain food products and we we expect vegetables uh, are going to be affected and in the center of the store as well the grocery part of the store is going to be affected uh, and that's where a lot of people made provisions for for covid do you feel farmers and farm workers are an essential service i believe so yes mm-hmm. uh, if you actually look at uh, the entire system uh, it all starts at Farmgate, and um, and so any measures you can take in order to not uh, burden farmers in their work, I think is a good thing. And and frankly, some people are questioning the carbon tax applied to farmers, and 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 honestly, I actually do think there's a there's some good reasoning there. Uh, maybe it is something that we need to 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 rethink uh the carbon tax is a divisive issue um you pricing carbon i think is something that is a must but at farmgate farmers don't really have many options and so that's why this carbon tax is a bit of a burden and also of course uh, the seasonal worker issue which which has come up uh, in recent weeks uh, hopefully, uh, there'll be a plan for uh, for them to come here. It's great to make an exception, but physically, they have to come here from the Caribbean, Mexico, uh, and Guatemala. And right now, I we don't see a plan, and that could compromise our ability to produce food here. You know, uh, we, we talked about getting some of our food from outside of Canada. A lot of it's coming from the U.S. And, and we know right now that the, the pandemic is, is ripping right through through that country. What ensures that American food is safe to cross the border coming into Canada? Well, I think it has a lot to do with protocols. And, uh, and frankly, uh, if you look at uh, protocols between Canada and the U.S., they're very similar. Um, my concern is... Uh, is how is related to how Americans will manage fear. They don't have a great track record when dealing with fear. Um, and, and this pandemic uh, is, is affecting Americans right now and will affect America uh, severely over the next two, three weeks, given uh, how they've been managing this, this crisis. Numbers are going way up and they'll continue to increase. And so 
I I'm a little bit concerned about how the White House and different states will manage uh, this uh, this outbreak moving forward. It could some measures uh, could disrupt um, the supply chain, which really could impact our access to food coming from the West. But uh, right now, I haven't seen anything that would be uh, concerning other than BC's decision to take over the authority of supply chains. And that's a different issue. It's not going to affect people out east, but if say Ontario, Quebec, and other provinces and some states would decide to do the same as what BC did last week, uh, we could have some issues. Sylvain, thank you for joining us. My pleasure. Bye-bye. Sylvain Charlebois is a professor in the School of Public Administration, the School of Information Management, School for Resource and Environmental Studies, the Rose School of Business, and the Department of Business and Social Sciences at Dalhousie University. While some will opt for fewer grocery store runs to avoid COVID-19 in the crowds, we have seen many restaurants, eateries, and bars that cannot open up to serve you while they're beefing up their takeout and delivery game. Lawrence Goodrich is the Lung Family Professor in Food Safety, the Canadian Research Institute for Food Safety, and the Department of Food Science at the University of Guelph. And he joins us today. And, and Lawrence, first off, do you recommend Canadians order out or, or, or get delivery from restaurants at this time? Yes, I think uh, that is, uh, you know, one of the recommendations and best practices in order to reduce interactions with people and to follow the physical distancing um, guidelines that uh, have been put forth. This is a little bit more than, than just uh, eateries trying to, you know, cut their losses right now. This is, this is becoming a, a key lifeline, is it not? Yes. Uh, you know, for example, uh, with the increased guidelines for self-isolation for people returning from international travel, which uh, you know, going right home uh, from the airport, we see increased statements like that. Don't stop at the grocery store. Uh, if people don't have food in their house, they have to eat. Um, so ordering uh, food, uh, whether that's delivered to the house or whether um, the person goes to the uh, restaurant uh, drive through um, or even in, into the restaurant for takeout purposes, um, we should reduce any risk of uh, of contracting the disease. Yeah, is curbside or, or pickup or uh, delivery better from your perspective? So th- there's no real um, data to suggest that either one is better. Um, I think um, the, the 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 risk of of contracting or spreading um, COVID nineteen remains low, regardless of which which uh, mode is is used uh delivery or or going to get the food some uh delivery food delivery companies have adopted best practices uh to reduce physical interaction where for example they will uh place the food on the on the porch uh and ring the doorbell and then retreat and then the person can open the door and, and get the food without even you know coming anywhere near the delivery driver. So all of these steps uh, are good and and will further reduce any risk that uh, one can get the disease. How can Canadians ensure their meal is is safe, whether they're getting delivery or pickup or takeout? So there's there's currently no evidence um, that COVID-19 can be contracted from food. Um, Certainly there's been 
you know, in 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 the last uh, few days, there's been several studies. For example, um, some studies showing that um, the virus can be shed in feces, and so there there was some concern that that might mean that if people don't wash their hands, for example, they could spread it, uh, they could contract it uh, through what's called the fecal oral route. Then there are other studies that showed that the virus can survive on um, various surfaces like cardboard for 24 hours and plastic for two to three days. So that led to concern that, you know, since those materials are often used in food um, containers, especially like foods that are takeout, that uh, somebody, uh, you know, could potentially get the disease from food. The Canadian Food Inspection Agency and the Food and Drug Administration in the U.S. and the European Food Safety Authority have all released statements saying that there is no evidence that they have seen of uh, foodborne transmission. And really, what it comes down to is good hand hygiene. So mm-hmm. if people continually wash their hands and don't um, touch, try not to touch their their face. I know it's difficult. We we tend to do that a lot, mm-hmm. but if they Try if we try to reduce contact with our face and wash our hands often, then um, any any risk of uh, of contracting it, um, the, the disease COVID nineteen uh, through consumption of food or touching food containers or anything like that is greatly re- re- reduced. You know, we hear so much about food security in, in Canada, even before COVID-19. You know, we hear about food wastelands and such. And does this kind of show what we're seeing now with restaurants having to sort of rejig uh, and, and go take out delivery, that the industry is really part of that food security chain? I think so. You know, I think, um, I, I don't know the numbers, but but it's obvious to me that uh, a large number of, of uh, Canadians eat in restaurants and, and takeout. I certainly know my family does. I think that what may happen is that after after this pandemic, um, how we we do that, how we eat in those establishments or obtain food from those establishments, you know, will likely be modified. So, so I I, I would expect to see increasing. Um, numbers of people using delivery services, which which we've seen already, um, you know, before the mm-hmm. disease began. But but I but I think um that that this that trend is going to going to continue. You know, obviously the uh the entertainment industry, retail uh retail uh restaurants, eateries, bars, that kind of a thing, it's it's a new world for them right now. What do you think it's gonna look like in say six months to a year? You know, I, it's it's a hard question. I, I can't really answer that. I mean, I think it will depend on where we are mm-hmm. here in Canada and the rest of the world. So by that, what I mean is, will will we still be sheltering in place? Um, will will we still be under, uh, you know, lockdown? Um, I think answering that question first will 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 be the prelude to answering, you know, what happens to the restaurant industry. I think there's general consensus that. There will be a number of restaurants that, unfortunately, will will go out of business uh, because they just they just can't mm. withstand the close. Um, I, I don't know. You know, I think I think generally speaking, it will take a very innovative approaches by the restaurant industry, like collective approaches, 
to uh, to to minimize any any losses that will come from this uh, pandemic. Lawrence, I want to thank you for joining us. Thank you. Lawrence Goodridge is the Lung Family Professor in Food Safety, Canadian Research Institute for Food Safety, and the Department of Food Science at the University of Guelph. Canada's agriculture sector has been on edge due to the pandemic and its ability to keep Canadians fed. To find out more about the safety of our food, I'm pleased to be joined by Jeff Hall, food safety expert with the Canadian Produce Marketing Association. And Jeff, how has the association adapted to this pandemic by ensuring the food supply is safe? Well, good morning, Ed, and uh, thanks for giving uh, us an opportunity to uh, to talk about this topic. Um, the, o- the associations um, have been working very closely with both the federal and provincial governments um, to ensure that the the information that the government is is gathering with respect to the pandemic can be uh, clearly and uh, simply um, uh, distributed out to our, our membership. Uh, the Canadian Produce Marketing Association has about 850 members across the country and uh, down in the U.S. So it's uh, important given the nature of our business and the amount of product that moves back and forth across the, uh, across the borders to be, uh, be in tune with both what the, the federal, provincial, as well as the, uh, the federal government in the U.S. is doing. Um, we also work very, very closely with our industry partners and association partners, uh, both here in Canada and the U.S. So in Canada, that would be groups like the Retail Council of Canada, um, the Canadian Horticultural Council, as well as a number of others to make sure that we are all on, this, on the same page when it comes to, uh, to dealing with uh, this particular crisis and, uh, and a number of other ones that have, have come up in, in the past. What safeguards are in place for Canadians when they're dealing with packaging for food? So one of the, the things about the uh, the industry, the, the fresh fruit and, and, and produce, is um, for, for a long time now we have had uh, processes in place um, to try to uh, minimize the risk when it comes to food safety. So programs like uh, the Canada Gap um, program, which is a food safety program, part of the uh, Global Food Safety Initiative suite of, uh, of programs that are out there. It's a globally recognized uh, program, which um, a large number, if, if not almost all, of the producers across Canada um, use to ensure that uh, the products they're producing are, are being done at the lowest risk possible. When it comes to packaged product, um, you're now moving into the world of the minimally processed. So things like, you know, your baby carrots uh, or your uh, your bagged uh, salads, and and those uh, sites um, have even even further um, or even more, I should say, uh, programs in place because you have brought in that uh, dynamic of uh, of manufacturing as well. So there are programs in place to ensure that all the packaged products are, uh, are, are being produced, you know, the safest way possible, once again, to minimize risk. Now, for fresh produce, uh, how do Canadians know it's safe? You know, when you, when you look at people going to the grocery store and, you know, you've got a, you know, a bin of apples or a bin of, of whatever, you know, how many times have we seen people grabbing a few of them before they take what they want? 
Yeah, and and obviously we would uh, we would discourage consumers from uh, you know kind of sampling as they go sort of thing. But you know pr- the the purchase of pro- product, uh, especially fresh fruits and vegetables, can be a very a very tactile experience. Not something we suggest, but we all know that happens. Um, with respect to the, the current issue with the uh, the COVID nineteen virus. Um, you know, all of the, uh, all of the government, uh, health associations, be that PHAC here, sorry, the uh, Public Health Agency of Canada, uh, or the, uh, Center for Disease Control in the U.S., they've all put out messaging that says this is not a foodborne, uh, illness. Uh, this, uh, virus, uh, will only remain viable for, for very short, very short spans of time on surfaces. So uh, the risk of it being transferred from a food product um, to somebody's hands and then to be consumed is extremely, extremely low. Um, that being said, you know, all, uh, all, all produce that, that's purchased when you're buying it from bulk, for example, if you look at a bin of, of, of whatever it is, you know, when a consumer gets it home, we suggest that they follow the uh, uh, Canadian government's recommendations of, you know, washing those fresh fruit and vegetables uh, just under cold running water, just to make sure that if anything is on there, that it's been rinsed off. And then you should be extremely confident in the, uh, in, in the, the safety of the, of the product. Um, you know, fresh fruits and vegetables are a, an important um, nutritious part of our diets and they provide us with, you know, all of the fruits and veg, oh, excuse me, all of the uh, vitamins and minerals um, that we need. So it's important for consumers to continue to, uh, to eat those, especially during times like this where our immune systems, you know, could use a little boost maybe and, uh, and, and having those nutri- nutrients coming into us is, is very important. Physical distancing is the new norm. And when it comes to food processing and packaging, how does the industry adapt when these people work in such close quarters? Yeah, so so once again, this is something that uh, as associations, we've been talking with the government about. And it really comes down to um, the manufacturers understanding their, their process, which they all do, of course. Um, and then modifying it as they need to to try and respect whenever possible those uh, those social dis- distancing norms, um, you know, and they do that through a variety of of methods. Whether it's you know changing um, how the how the shifts work in a plant, um, you know, avoiding that you know one shift is coming in while another shift is coming out, sort of thing, um, reducing the um, uh, the the, the the interaction, you know, during break times and at lunch, for example, and make sure people are respecting that. And of course, all of those manufacturing sites also have uh, excellent relationships with their chemical providers. So the folks that provide them with their cleaners and their sanitizers, and, you know, they have been in, in constant contact to make sure a, that products are going to be available to them because I know, you know, things are starting to get a little tight. But uh, here in Canada, I think we are uh, in a better state than in some places in the U.S. right now. But it is something that we want to make sure that's being monitored. And so companies have access to those cleaners and sanitizers. Um, and also that's an, that's an, an excellent uh, discussion because, you know, those sanitizing and chemical companies are talking to various manufacturers and you know there is a real sense of sharing best practices uh, when it comes to a situation like this 
So, you know, there is a lot of communication and, and trying to do industry best to, uh, to uh, reduce that, uh, that social contact as much as possible. Jeff Hall is a food safety expert with the Canadian Produce Marketing Association. And Jeff, temporary foreign workers, they are key to the industry. Now, the government is trying to ensure they can get into Canada. But if they can't, what's the impact on the industry? So that particular issue um, was uh, was brought up almost immediately by uh, by the industry once it looks like the uh, government might be changing the uh, the requirements for getting into into the country given the COVID nineteen uh, crisis. Um, so the industry has been working uh, very closely with the government. Um, specifically groups like the Canadian Horticultural Council, uh, the Canadian Produce Marketing Association, um, the Ontario Fruit and Vegetable Growers, and a number of others uh, realize the impact this would have on, on the industry. Um, happy to say that they've come to a, a resolution to it and, a, uh, and a, a program that will allow those workers, many of whom have been coming coming here to do work every summer and for, for, for decades in some cases. Um, so a deal has been reached to allow that, that workforce to get in. Um, the issue, if they don't get in, is that there's a number of uh, operations that simply would not be able to, uh, to operate without that, uh, that workforce coming in. Um, a lot of these jobs are, uh, you know, they're very difficult jobs and, and, they're, and they're outdoor and, uh, you know, you need a certain mindset to do it. Um, and we're very lucky to be able to tap into that resource of the temporary workers who in many cases have become, uh, become family to the, the farms and whatnot they, they work with. So, uh, we're glad to see that, uh, a, uh, a program has been put in place that will allow those workers to come into Canada and, uh, continue doing the job and helping us to, uh, to get fresh and fruits and vegetables out to the Canadian public. Jeff, thanks for joining us. Yeah, my pleasure. Jeff Hall is a food safety expert with the Canadian Produce Marketing Association. Now you've heard from the experts when it comes to food safety in Canada. It's time for you to weigh in on our unpublished dot vote question. How confident are you in Canada's food supply chains? Very confident, somewhat confident, not very confident or unsure. You can log on and vote right now at unpublished.vote. We'll look at the results in an upcoming episode. I want to thank Professor Sylvain Charlebois from Dalhousie University, Lawrence Goodridge of the University of Guelph, and Jeff Hall of the Canadian Produce Marketing Association. And I want to thank you for listening to the Unpublished Cafe. Stay safe. I'm Ed Hand. <laughs>